Hello, and welcome to the Keep Talking series. I'm your host, Tali Bergeron. I work as a prevention educator with the Office of Case Management here at CU Denver. Keep Talking is a recorded audio series aimed at decreasing societal, campus, and perceived stigma around mental health. The goal of this series is to normalize conversations around mental health and increase help-seeking behavior with mental health professionals, staff, faculty, and peers. Resources on and off campus are provided at the end of each episode. In each episode, individuals within our community share their experience with mental health. Volunteers were encouraged to share their narrative through spoken word, slam poetry, storytelling, and art. There is power in sharing your own narrative and proof that we are not alone in our experiences. All volunteers have given consent to share their stories. I thank all volunteers for their bravery and ask the listeners for their compassion. Thank you for listening. On today's episode, Ian Vincent joins us and speaks about his experience with mental health. Ian is currently a case manager with the Office of Case Management and has received his Master's of Social Work from the University of Denver and his bachelor's degree from Western Washington University. Ian's story highlights his experience with loss and becoming a caretaker to the people close to him while neglecting his own processing and mental health. Ian discusses his experience with suicide prevention and how therapy has impacted him in a positive light. Please note that this episode contains discussions about suicide and the death of loved ones. If you want to avoid this content, skip to the end of the episode to hear available resources. If you find yourself triggered by this discussion, please use the mental health resources listed towards the end of the episode. Ian, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's it's really exciting to kind of speak with the campus community um, about just my experience kind of navigating my own mental health, um, how that kind of helped set me on this trajectory for this profession and how I eventually just kind of ended up back here at the university. So before I kind of dive into my own personal experience, I think it's really important to kind of point out, I, I will be talking about how I navigated both personal loss, um, loss through suicide. So I want to address those trigger warnings, but I, I also want to kind of point out just kind of labeling it that, like that's not going to be the most helpful trigger warning. I think trigger warnings kind of appear in a lot of different ways. So I'm going to be talking about just kind of this feeling of isolation, feeling of uh, loss of direction, just this loss of like having positive role modelship and mentorship. So kind of bear in mind with that as I kind of go through my story and just kind of check in with yourself and know that it's okay to kind of walk away from your screen. Um, I know that we're all kind of watching this in our in our own environments, but just know it's okay to kind of pull away if you if you notice that what I'm saying may kind of hit home for you. So my, my story is a little different. I've never been diagnosed with, with a mental health issue or anything, but my story kind of speaks a little bit more to neglecting your mental health and how I kind of learned to pay more attention to that. Um, I grew up in sort of like this more traditional blue collar type family. We never talked about mental health, like feelings and emotions were never something that were kind of addressed in my family, especially amongst our, the men in my family. So 
kind of learning like how to navigate grief and loss was a difficult kind of experience for me, but I'll, I'll get to that sort of later. So my story kind of begins probably in high school. My senior year of high school, like I had no idea what I wanted to do in terms of like study in school, what I wanted to do job wise. I barely scraped by in high school. So going to college, like didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It kind of just seemed like that next step in life, so to speak. Um, so I decided to kind of go the community college route just to knock out those general education credits and just kind of hope that I would kind of get some sort of guidance of what I wanted to do. But of course, like, you know, we kind of think think of like choosing a career or a, or a major as sort of like a dartboard, but I, I couldn't even find the dart to throw at it. So I, I just felt so overwhelmed and that eventually kind of just pushed my time in community college like even further. So once, once I eventually did graduate with my associates and made the decision to go to a university, I showed up at age 21, decided to live in the dorms just because it was kind of that feeling of like, oh, I missed out on the college experience. Like, how am I supposed to make friends? Like, I'm going to move into the dorms and that's how I'm going to meet people. But I I didn't really know what to expect. And then showing up at age 21 and living with a bunch of 18 and 19 year olds who had kind of, it was their first time moving away from home. It just felt very out of place for me. And there wasn't really this huge connection or there was a little bit of a disconnect, I should say. We, we still bonded more so than I have uh, with any other group of guys. So that that was like this really incredible sense of just community feeling. But I, I kind of felt like I was almost taking on this like big brother role with everybody. And that that ultimately became really unhealthy for me. Even though I felt this great sense of community, it eventually became harmful for me. And what had happened was around the spring, um, we lost one of our floor mates to suicide. Um, I was sort of one of the last people that he had talked with. So for me, kind of knowing that I was one of the last people to speak with him, but also this like sense of being the floor's big brother, that really like was hard for me to kind of navigate. And I kind of took on almost this like caretaker role with everybody else where I was willing to kind of address their concerns, their needs, but was just completely withdrawn from my own. So that that had happened in the spring and then summer was slowly kind of rolling around and I was spending my summers commercial fishing in Alaska. That was how I was able to kind of afford for, to go to school. And while I was away, my step-grandfather had passed away. Um, so I, I kind of came back to school in the fall after recently um, suffering these two losses that I just kind of was trying to process without really addressing it. And if if folks have kind of gone through that grief and loss period, they may be able to kind of relate to that a little bit. So I, I was kind of just going through the motions with school. And then suddenly my grandmother passed away at Christmas Eve. And that was sort of this, this peak moment for me. My, my grandmother was really kind of the only person in my family who was like really championing me to go to college. Like if I use that like dartboard reference, she was the one that like handed me the dart and kind of put the dartboard in front of me. She had, she had told me like, I think you should be a teacher. I think you'd be good at it. And for some reason, being a young male and having somebody tell me, you should do this, you're good at this. That was exactly what I needed to hear. So me going to Western 
I went in with the intention of I'm leaving here and I'm going to be a teacher because that's what makes sense because my grandmother told me. And suddenly I, I lost that sense of guidance and I just felt this overwhelming spiral and just had no idea what I wanted to do. That was when I also kind of started looking for these volunteer programs and started kind of getting involved with our suicide prevention program that was just starting to take off. Um, I didn't come from a psychology background. It wasn't what I was studying in school, but it was a way for me to kind of help process the loss of my friend's death. And shortly after that, I lost another friend to suicide who also lived on that floor. So my, my community had been hit really hard by these two suicides. And again, I was struggling with both of their deaths and the death of my grandmothers, but I was more willing to kind of put my energy into supporting my friends rather than acknowledging what was happening to me. I didn't notice that I was kind of isolating myself. I didn't notice that I was um, just not sleeping, not eating, and was just more focused on making sure that everyone else was doing what they needed to do rather than addressing my own mental health. So then I'm kind of going through the motions with school Again, not doing well, but refusing to acknowledge it. And then suddenly my grandfather passes away. And in this moment, it was really powerful. It was, it was difficult for me. I'd, I had witnessed his death. And after his passing, I was having these just horrific flashbacks where I would go through these really intense panic attacks. And it was in that moment, that physical manifestation of that trauma that I recognized that I wasn't okay. Something was happening to me. But that shift was there had to be something physical happening to me in order for me to recognize, like, I need some help. So that was the first time that I I'd reached out to engage in like a therapeutic process myself. And for, for me personally, that was really helpful. Like I learned to just kind of re, reframe that relationship. Um, I started just kind of thinking about the importance of all those other relationships um, and just how I was kind of navigating all that grief and loss. So I, I eventually kind of wrapped up college and graduated and was sort of sent out into the world, so to speak. But there was this weird sense of being overwhelmed because I, I kind of graduated, but didn't know what I was supposed to do next. Like I didn't have a job lined up. I was still commercial fishing and going up to Alaska. I got back home from a season after graduating and started working as a marine diesel mechanic. And suddenly this opportunity opened up at Western Washington University. And it was kind of this weird moment for me where I was balancing like, okay, do I want to go into this trade and pursue commercial fishing year round? And then there was this weird sense of, I, I miss doing that mental health work. Um, vol volunteering and kind of staying involved was became kind of this like passion for me. And I decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to apply for this and see what we can do. I had always struggled in school. So there was this weird like association going on in my head of like, why would you work in a school when you barely succeeded in school? But it was kind of this weird, like almost like motivation for me just to see like, you know, how, how far can we go with this? So I went for it and uh, was working at Western for a few years. And, you know, it was interesting. Like my, my role was kind of this like prevention and health education combination. And through that, I also just kind of learned like all these little different ways to, to navigate your mental health. My experience was very much triggered by grief and loss. And, 
mental health appears for everyone in different ways. I engaged in this therapeutic relationship that worked for me. And I understand like therapy doesn't work for everybody else. I like to say like your relationship with your therapist is a lot like dating. If it doesn't feel like it's right, it doesn't mean like there's not somebody else that's out there for you. So I I always kind of encourage people to, you know, just keep trying different little things. I feel like mindfulness has become like such this huge buzzword. I had given mindfulness a shot. It it never really worked for me until I was kind of learn I was learning and teaching these anger management skills. And there was this moment for me where we were talking about kind of recognizing different stages of your anger. And in that moment, I kind of realized like, wow, okay, I get to sort of the boiling point with my anger when I start grinding my teeth. And for me, that became this huge moment of like really paying attention to things that were going on in my body, not just like with anger, but also just like hiking and walking around. I'm able to kind of pay more attention to like what's happening internally, even like just day-to-day operations with work. I'm kind of noticing like, okay, like my breathing's picking up, my back is slouched. I need to take a break and walk away and just kind of like learning those little tips and tools and learning to kind of incorporate them into the bigger life picture has been just so Uh, helpful for me. But again, it's just kind of my experience and everyone's different, but I just, I want to encourage folks to just kind of play around with that and see what works for them. Mental health is not like a one size fit all for everybody. Thank you, Ian. Thank you for sharing your experience with us and for sharing your, what you've been through and how you've overcome it. Uh, you shared a bit of advice and I love how you use therapy as a relationship continued to keep trying to find someone or find your outlet if you haven't been able to so far. And I'm curious, do you have any additional advice for people going through something similar, how they can get through this? Yeah. I, you know, I think it just takes such a huge amount of courage and energy to even ask for help and take that first step and even acknowledge that there's something that you want to change. So I, you know, I applaud the people that are willing to kind of take that plunge, but just know like it, there's people that want to support you and be, be flexible with yourself, allow yourself the grace to be, be comfortable, like trying new things. Um, I think we get so hard on ourselves when our traditional ways of taking our care of ourselves, like don't work. And we, we tend to be really hard on ourselves because of that. So just allow that space for yourself to try different things, um, be willing to create a change. If you don't have a good therapeutic relationship with somebody, try something else. And it's okay to bring that up with them. And if you're not in a space where you feel comfortable doing that, there's people that will advocate for you as well. Um, utilize those resources. Thank you again for sharing that. What advice do you have for students to utilize resources and get involved on campus? Yeah. So it was funny. Like I I transferred in at 21. This is very much my experience and I'll, I'll kind of take ownership of that. I transferred in at 21. I was very kind of turned off to the idea of getting involved in student programming. Um, so for me, it was kind of this weird, like grappling with like, what do I do? Student clubs are amazing and something I wish I had taken advantage of when I was a student. For me, I was more kind of in this search for like positive role modelship and mentorship. And I found that while I was a student through some staff members. And it was really interesting for me to kind of just like meet these 
these men that were involved in like the mental health world and just having these like great conversations on campus that I'd never been a part of prior to showing up to college. So I would encourage students to like really think about like, what, you know, what are the things that they value? Is it like that peer-to-peer relationship or is it positive mentorship or like, what does that look like? So tapping into even like the career center to just get guidance on like, again, like that dartboard reference, like try to narrow that down, finding like peer support and making those social connections is huge for you, but also just kind of like be willing to reach out to faculty and staff that you really like feel that that mentorship and that comfortability with, and just kind of, you know, see, see where that can go and see how that can be helpful for you as you are sort of navigating this time of your life. There's just so much happening right now. One, just like trying to figure out like, you know, what am I doing here in college? Where do I want to go? And also just kind of navigating that in this like remote environment is so overwhelming, but you know, there's still that desire for that connection and those people willing to engage with that and support that. So yeah, just continue to reach out. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Ian. You're a blessing. You're so great to have on the team and I'm so grateful to have met you and be able to hear your experience and stories. If you do know someone who is struggling or if you yourself is having a tough time, We do have resources on campus, like what Ian mentioned about Student Life, Link Central, Links Connect, but also the Student and Community Counseling Center, which also has crisis walk-in hours. And so they're available Monday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. for crisis walk-in hours. In addition, you can call their number at 303-315-7270 to get started with mental health counseling. There's also the Colorado Crisis Services available via text, chat, and phone. So please reach out if you need any additional support. And Ian, thank you. There's so much power in sharing your experience. And I know that I I appreciate it. And it has encouraged me to definitely seek out support. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much for hosting. No, it's, it's exciting to be a part of the event. And I'm excited to be here at the university. Ian disclosed that he's been practicing lots of recreational self-care by hiking and fly fishing in Colorado. Ian leans on friends and relies on supervision and support from his team to gain confidence in this work. Thank you again, Ian, for your bravery and willingness to share your story. If you or someone you know is having a similar experience to Ian, you are not alone. There are resources on and off campus that you can connect with. Thank you again to the Office of Case Management and our partners, the Phoenix Center, Student Life and Campus Community, Active Minds, Auraria Recovery Community, Student and Community Counseling Center, and CU Denver's Digital Strategies Team. Please complete the survey at the end of each episode and enter to win an appreciation item. The survey will be listed in the description of each episode. Finally, thank you to all of our volunteers for your bravery. And thank you all for listening.